You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. way to open up on the turnbuckle this week. G'day everyone and welcome. You're listening to my podcast house.com and the intro music of China brings us in to this episode. As we say g'day to the crew here today. Welshie, hello to you. Hello Tony. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you mate. I'll just turn your microphone there. I know, that's uh, going to be an important... Let's do that again. Here we go. As we say, g'day to Welshie. G'day Welshie, how are you? I'm good, thanks Tony. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you. Mate and Lyle, hello to you. Oh, how are you going, Tony? Welshie? Now, we've got, a, we've got a third wheel here in the studio. Who is this bloke? Well, usually he looks more like a telephone. He does. Um, Jay, what, how, how did you find your way here? I didn't give you the address. Um, I think you might have given me a lift. I was, um, I, I do have my conditions, uh, turning up every fifth episode, live in person, and um, yeah, chauffeured here as well. Wow, boy. yeah, a hey, big show special. coming up today, guys. Yeah, I just want to mention as well that the theme song, uh, the China's theme song, was because we're running a sort of uh, little competition thing, not a real competition, just to see who has the best theme song. And she defeated Crash Holly. It wasn't exactly a battle of the titans. So this every week it's a, a face-off between two wrestlers, and they'll go through to a final. Yeah, so 32 theme songs. Yeah, very disappointing Crash Holly didn't win, seeing though he did get mentioned on the uh, Eric Bischoff podcast this week, uh, talking about Hardcore Holly, or last week, sorry. That uh, was that wasn't Bischoff's podcast. That was Bruce Pritchard's. No, no. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, God, they all sound the same. Yeah, I was listening yeah, to it on the way here. No, they don't all sound the same tone. Ours is very, <laughs> ours very, is very different. different. Ours is the best. Yeah. I just want to touch on one thing. When, actually, I don't want to make it awkward. When I walked into the studio tonight, I actually thought Jay was the cleaner. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> wow, I, I, I threw in my jacket, and he didn't know where to hang it. So, did too. Yeah, and I tell you what, though, oh, I want to question Tony's professionalism. We obviously were not on last week because he's gallivanting around South Australia. Yeah, and here we are on a Tuesday. We we haven't oh, we haven't been able to. The SmackDown hasn't aired yet. We had to rush through Raw. Like the quality. This is. The, the, the step on from you half interviewing Jeez. Christopher Daniels. Unbelievable. And if you can't make it into the show, be a professional and like take a call and uh, put it on speakerphone while you're watching TV. I'll actually right. back Tony on this. I've got a sneaky suspicion this is Jay's doing. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to be here Tuesday because he, yep. he had something on tomorrow night. Yeah, that's fair cool. That's a fair cool. Hey, guys, let's introduce our first guest today. Well, she, if you want to get into it. It'd be our only guest today, wouldn't it? Uh, well, he is. He's our first and only. I think that we could refer to him quite comfortably as Australia's greatest gladiator, easily surpassing Russell Crowe. Mm, no doubt. The one, the only... Vulcan. A very good evening to you, Vulcan. 
All right, time to say good day to that man. A very good day to you, Vulcan. Hey, thank you, boys. How are you going? Uh, very good, mate. Thank you for coming on board. Uh, of course, we are a wrestling podcast. We're going to talk wrestling to you, but I think the boys want to also focus on a few things that you've done in your life. So let me throw it over to those guys because you and I chat fairly often. So I'll let them have the honour of uh, doing a bit of this interview. Hi, Vulcan. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. That's okay. I don't know where to start, to be honest. Let's uh, maybe talk about uh, your wrestling training with the Malenkos. Yeah, yeah, man. It was a long time ago, man. It's in, uh, in the early 90s, I went over there. And uh, just training with the boys was, uh, was probably the hardest thing I've ever done because uh, I've got no idea about wrestling. Back then, I was just watching on, um, you know, the old WWF. Yeah. And, then, um, and I went over there. It's weird because uh, you're training... Gold's Gym in Tampa Bay in Florida, and then next to you is, um, you know, like Paul Rondorf, you know, when what the hell's going on in here, you know, and all those big boys, Hercules Hernandez, who I became really good friends with, and uh, it, it was just fantastic, it was probably a fantastic time, you know, it was one of the best times of my life, and then I met Tony Shebeki. <laughs> which, which was then, obviously rock bottom. And then, and then I wish I was still in Florida. No. <laughs> No, no, it was it, it was it was a fantastic time, man. I spent quite a lot of time over there. I went back about three times after that, just to polish up in the uh, you know the old wrestling. So, uh, what got you into wrestling? Who was who was your guy when you were growing up watching on TV? I honestly, my freaking missus went off to watch a wrestling show at Wonderland. There used to be a big theme park in Sydney called Wonderland. I think, and I went she there once. took she took a little kids there. And, and there was an American wrestling group there. They got Paul Rondolf, Kamala, and a few of the boys, Hillbilly, Jim, and Jack, or whatever his name is. And then he goes, oh, my husband can do this. And I goes, oh, well, he's the name. He's the name in Florida. And the guy called me. He goes, yeah, man, I'm up to John. I was like, yeah, what's this about? He said, you want to wrestle? I went, no. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the freaking hell? Wrestle? No, man, I don't want to wrestle. I don't want to get killed. <laughs> and then, uh, and I, in, you know, in about a year, I was in Florida. I was like, this is the craziest freaking thing ever. So that's actually what happens. We should just give you a background on that too. You were, you, you've always owned a gym for a long, long time? I always trained. I didn't really own a gym. Okay. I usually sell, um, sell fitness equipment. And I was, yeah, I was just training, selling fitness stuff, and everyone always think I own a gym, so I just go with the flow. I just say yes, because I don't want to <laughs> spend time, 20 minutes explaining to them that I don't. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Close enough. Oh, you won't have to explain it again, because so many people listen to this podcast, <laughs> they'll know that. They'll be like, oh, yeah, That's Vulcan it. doesn't own a gym, sells, you know, uh, gym products. There'll be a new idea yeah. this week. Oh, yeah, it'll be huge, huge. Okay, I've got a question because I've done some uh, research. I'm a very professional podcaster. He so read Wikipedia. I did read Wikipedia on my phone while watching Raw. <laughs> um, Gabor Bond, you were a um, – and what a thing to be, a Bond henchman. Um, what was that like? That was – everything in my life, I don't know, it happens by fluke, I think. Because uh, when I joined the Gladiators, my mate actually told me about it. That's how I just came back from Florida, and then I used to watch it over there. I was like, well, this show's pretty good. And then, and he said, oh, the gladiators, you know, coming to Australia. I said, oh, man, I'd love to see that. And then he goes, oh, I'm going to go try out. Do you want to come? He said, oh, all right. And then when he went there, I got pick, he didn't. And then, <laughs> and after that. Ouch. Yeah, and after that, and then when he finished here, 
they called me in England. They were looking for me to come and join up. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went over, joined up with them. And then while I was there, and Barbara Broccoli, who was the owner of, you know, Cubby Broccoli's daughter, she was freaking, I don't know what she's doing, wasting time watching Gladio. She goes, oh, my God, who's that guy? And then she called me. <laughs> Think about it. How many black people live in England? Yes, that's very cool. And then I just said, they called me, and I went, this is a joke. So it took them, I think I think the voice note that we were touring wrestling in Victoria at the time they were trying to call me. Yep. It took them two weeks. Cause I kept hanging up with them. I thought it was a joke. And then they said, oh, I, want, I want to go over and do the Dubon film. I said, oh, yeah, whatever. The voice actually told me that John Aloma got it. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then and then the guy said, no, no, I want you to come down. So I flew from back from Victoria, Victoria country back to Sydney. And the next day I was on a plane over to uh, England. Yeah, correct. It was, am- it was amazing stuff. It really was. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's pretty cool. Um, a lot of Bond fans out there, uh, I think being a henchman in a Bond film is, um, that's the ultimate henchman. In the bottom yeah, just, yeah, it was, no. yeah, it was it was it was awesome. I mean, even even that when I was at the airport, I told my missus, I said, "This is a joke, really." <laughs> and I, the first thing I did was ask them, "Is it a return ticket?" They said, "Yeah, return ticket." Like you know, there and back. And I know they're serious. So they fly me like first class all the way there and back. And I didn't believe it. And I went there, stayed in a hotel. I didn't believe it. I got off at the airport, and the guy holding a sign up with my name on it. I walked past him, pretending that wasn't me, because I thought. Some guy's pulling a joke, and I waited and I waited, and the guy's looking around, and I said, oh, sorry, that's me. I went to the hotel, not till I walk on stage at Pinewood Studios, and I saw Judy Dench and Piers Brosnan, and I realised it was well. <laughs> that would have been an elaborate joke if Piers Brosnan... <laughs> yeah, they've done well. I know, man. It's weird. But anyway, everything happens for a reason. Ah, that's good. Uh, Volgan, I'd want to swing it back to uh, the Gladiators, because I know there's a little bit of a crossover... Uh, with characters and stuff like that, and you being the poster boy of the show, the main villain, if you want to call it, the standover man, could you actually... Stand-over man. <laughs> could you call actually... me Copper Reed. <laughs> Copper Reed of could, could you actually tell when you were coming up against the contestant that they were actually uh, packing their dacks? See, you're going to remember with this thing, right? Like, because I was I was wrestling before the gladiators... I went over there, like, the boys at the back, the boys will tell you. All our boys, they're, they're nervous. And that's the thing they're nervous about, it. they're nervous. Yeah. They're scared about losing. See, for me, I was having fun. And the boys were scared because they're nervous. They're like, oh, I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose. Like, for me, if they're scared, imagine those other guys. Yeah. Mm, yeah. They'd be more scared. So I, I used to use that. And again, comedy. See, for me, I was playing around. I was having fun. But those people, they were serious. In in other way, in other way, I was serious as well because you don't want it like a little guy, like beat you in in, in any games, and the, and vice versa. You don't want to, you know, the guy said I want to beat the gladiators, and he said there's no way the guy's going to beat me, type of thing. So while I was, I used to trash talk them, and I have been in the duel. <laughs> I used to get so nervous, like when you while you watch on TV, it's a countdown from three to one, but when you actually do the live show, it starts from ten. Ten. While I'm doing that, I was just trash talking them so bad. They they even they lose before they even step on through yeah, with me. Yeah. And what and what sort of shows them is they're gonna go back to the back and you're just like, Man, I you know, I have, I was so scared in there with him. You know, I really don't know, there's no way. So they start spraying the room about you being scary. And the thing with me is during the show I never spoke to any of the contestants. 
until the end of the show. Because you want to get that yeah. mystery, like that fear feeling. Otherwise, you know, let me just, like in rugby league now, they all know each other. They, you know, they tackle somebody. They pick them up, you know, they hug them and everything. Freaking hell, dude. They're going to kill you. Yeah. You know, you're there to kill them. It's more like, you know, you want to stand over these guys. It's like, it's not where you're going to beat me. Talk to him later after that, after the whole se- the series finished with the gladiators. So then I speak to them and they say, like, man, I thought you were going to kill me. I said, well, I did. But, you know, now the game's over. I could Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. Uh, a lot of people find me very physically intimidating as uh, the people that are in the studio, they look at me going, well, huge guy, you know, uh, and I'm like, yeah. You're you like know. a chihuahua. Yeah. yeah, like a little chihuahua. I'll, give you, Adorable. I'll, give you, I'll tell you a story, and, and I'm sure Vulcan will remember this. The, this is how serious the gladiators took it. Uh, you might remember this, John. When we uh, Series 2 was the first time that I met the Gladiators because I was a late comer. I was only picked as the commentator of the Gladiators like four days before the first episode went to air. And there was one episode in that first series where I said Mark McGaw, who was Hammer, Rugby League, got knocked off. I think it was on the suspension bridge. And I said, oh, that was a reserve-grade performance there by Hammer, using the analogy of the NRL and the like. When I got to meet the guys in Series 2, I'm not sure if you remember this, John, but Hammer came up to me and he grabbed me by the collar and literally wanted to kill me. And he said, if you ever, ever effing say that I've put in a reserve grade performance again, I've never played a reserve game in my life and no effing, and he's just going off his tree. <laughs> and I am packing my dax. <laughs> Got to protect that gimmick. <laughs> I find it hard to believe that the Wyndham Vale fullback would be... Oh, well, he was, believe taken me. Taking the back, was that? Believe me. They were serious, though, weren't they, John? Everyone was serious about it, gladiators and also the... Yeah, see, they were, yeah, they were serious. And, they, you know, I think, like, at the end of the day, I should tell the boys, I said, dude, mate, it's a TV show, man. It's entertainment. With that entertainment, see, I was at entertainment before I got on the show. So I know how to play the thing. And people don't realise, when I was there, if everybody knows wrestling, I was just a heel, man. Mm. Yeah. I come in there, I, I played the heel, and nobody got it. I told them on the first thing, I said, mate, everybody's going to hate me today. They go, why? They just watch me. So, and I went in there, and something happened, and I just pushed the guy who was celebrating. And so, you can't do that here. People here, like in Australia, it's like, woo, they start booing. And I'm like, hey, shut up. <laughs> and they just started giving it to me. So, the more they give it to me, the more I get really mad. That's, the, that's how I created my character in there. Mm. And the boys could not believe that I can actually control the crowd like that. But the like little did they know, I've been doing that for a while, you know, in 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 uh, in wrestling. That's what you do. Well, your so promos, you come in there, your promos you know, were you, also much. You walk much... into the stage, and everybody's just cheering. Like in England, they throw freaking cans at me, man. Yeah, they hate me over there. Yeah, because I start banging the hell out of them, <laughs> put on this fake fake English accent, and you know. And I said, then the guy like John Fashion, who the host of the top yeah. player, yeah, he goes, oh, what, are you, oh, how, are you, how are you doing? I said, oh, mate. I'd rather be back on Bondo Beach, you know, drinking <laughs> nice beer or, or champagne instead of sitting in Birmingham, England, for this ugly women. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a wrestling sort of gimmick. Very, very, very true. I think when you, when it was the Ashes, the Australian crowd, you know, were a bit more pro-Vulcan. But I think old, old crowds are a bit more anti that. Like, we, we're not used to that. We're maybe in America, they kind of like that arrogance or that, that kind of talk. So yeah. I think our fans, but, I mean, you were really, yeah, I think you were the face of the gladiators for sure, or the heel. Yeah, the heel or the, yeah not the face. I, yeah. I know that because I'm the, growing up as a wrestling fan, uh, we appreciated the heel work. So yeah. I was always high up on, on Vulcan. I loved the promos that uh, I didn't even realise um, as a kid that, they, that I was watching wrestling promos, yeah. to be honest, because I was an idiot. 
but because yeah, uh, I we we did a tour we did a tour with the uh, the Americans I think the voice came and saw me once when I was in Melbourne. I mean, when Dennis Rodman toured with us, mm. I went and, to that uh, show. Did you? At the yeah. Center? yeah, I did. Yeah, and I played a uh, animal. Yes, and uh, and and Rove McManus was sitting there. I, he didn't even know I was a wrestler. <laughs> he goes, he goes, I didn't know you wrestle. I said, oh yeah, and I told him, and he knew everything about wrestling. I was quite surprised actually. And uh, yeah, he knew the Malenkos, he knew everything, and nobody knew I was wrestling. And then they say, after thinking back, she goes, "Ah, the gravity just a hill there." You know what I mean? Like you put yeah. two and two together. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah, now I got it. So you know, but because wrestling wasn't that big, in, like it was big in Australia, but be, and then cable TV came along and brought all that American Correct. experience with wrestling to to the country. Now everybody knew about wrestling. Absolutely, it became huge. You know, mid to late. AR nineties with the WWF and the WCW right. battle, and that became yeah, it's, it's very true what you say, Volk. And I think people were probably appreciating something that they didn't know what was happening, basically. Didn't so. know. Yeah, true, 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 bro. Are you noticing? We've spoken about this the last couple of weeks, Volk. And have you noticed that there's a resurgence in Australian wrestling at the moment in local wrestling? You know what? I'm gonna tell you, man. We have got the best talents ever. We have, you know, like. The only little, the only thing is, like, they watch a lot of, like, American wrestling and they copy it. The only downfall with this thing, like, they, they're going to learn more the scientific part of wrestling with the fact that, you know, when to do each move and everything. But otherwise, we've got the best talents here. We've got the, you've got big boys. The only thing is, like, in America, they all juice up to the max to look big. We don't. So, the, and the worst thing is here is, you know, like, people comparing the, wrestling over on television than the wrestling clubs because when i was in america i used to get beaten up all the time and i used to go little clubs and i was in florida man you can't get any more south than that and i was in the in the 90s man i was it was a scary part when you used to go wrestling like bikey bars <laughs> and you know some really redneck country and and you know and, and you and you get beaten up by people just abusing the hell out of you and throwing cans at you and everything so from that to the boys and they from that, you can, you know, work yourself up to be TV wrestling and getting paid a lot of money. But in Australia, we actually, we passed that now. So we passed the bikey sort of thing because mm. all the boys here can wrestle. I'm telling you right now, I, I've seen some shows. And I was like, man, this boy can work. It's not getting bigger. It's going to get bigger. Mm. But, you know, like the worst thing with, with us, we started getting all the ex-fads, you know, the ex-federal boys, uh, WWE, WWF, as we call them the old fads in the day. We can get the old um, WDF boys to come here and they just freaking rip them off, man, charge them too much money. Mm. And how can the boys make money? You know what I mean? The boys and I were talking about uh, being at the show that just held. Yeah, the, with Ryback and, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, why would you get him? You know, they're trying to pull the crowd. He didn't pull the crowd. They're not, they, they're not that good. And when you they, try they charge, they charge you a lot of money. And when you try to imitate something, you just become a bad version of something don't you honestly oh, yeah. like if you're going after rejects you become a bad version of the american product rather than the best version of an australian product you know yeah, we could all watch wwe on the tv so yeah see those boys too like you can remember they they finished their time in, in the, the big federation so what they do now they they're freelancing they're just going around all right we're going to go to whoever's going to pay us and the worst thing with us in australia when somebody called them in that i don't know they got probably make six grand a match or something Think about it that way. Six hundred man. The guy's going to try to sell how many tickets to beg for that. And the last show that I, I saw on, on YouTube, 
you know, the crowd, Tony and I were talking about it the other day, the crowd was pretty bad. But the guy lost a lot of money because of the fact that you got some guy, like he's a good wrestler, but draw, he's not a, been a good wrestler, man. He's been a good draw card mm. for you to make yeah. a living out of it. You know what I mean? Because anybody can, anybody can wrestle. Like I do my shows here. I've done four shows and I've averaged because I've got like little, little clubs, like little Greek clubs that I go to here. You know, average 150. Which is a good, good sized good, crowd. Yeah, definitely. 150, good sized crowd. And it costs me freaking hardly anything to put a show together. Mm. You know that's what it. I mean? That's it. And I charge him 20 bucks each to get in. And then, you know. Well, that's, so, what, we're, that's so, what we're talking about. The, the shows that you were just talking about just a second ago, they, that was 50 bucks entry for kids and adults. And you can buy a ticket to WWE in three months' time for 80 bucks. If you're going to spend 50, you might as well hold on to your money and go to the WWE for an extra 30. Yeah, and the WWE is not losing out. No. And the, the, <laughs> and the freaking lesbian who's bringing them in is losing out because he's paying, he's using the license for WWE or whatever they are, to, and they, they're paying them. I said, okay, if you want to show a show there, you're going to give us freaking four million bucks if we bring the boys down. You know what I mean? You get the money on the door. So 80 bucks, the guy have to... The guy have to get the crowd there, so you have to lower the price. Yeah. I mean, with the last show, fifty bucks. I mean, come on, man, that's too much. Ah, correct. But yeah, the guy's definitely. gonna say, "Oh, I want to take the whole family." You know what I'm saying? That's two hundred bucks. Four, you know, family of four, two hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like for me, family of four is fifty bucks. Yeah, that's that's because, that's true. And, and the guys that are <laughs> that I use, they're all rookies. They're rookies that are trained that I want them to to learn about wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and just it's uh, all just, rookie shows. Just touching on that, I want to bring it back to your wrestling school. Because you trained with the Malenkos and the guys you mentioned earlier, what yeah. what do you bring back from Florida to the guys and the girls that you're training now? I know you mentioned you used to get beat up. It's probably a different time and a different generation. Uh, with the millennials, you probably can't beat them up as much. But uh, what's the main focus on uh, on your training side of it nowadays? Okay, let me just rephrase on the beating up part. So what happened is... Um so you're going to go, say, for instance, we, we like to wrestle in, in, uh, in Melbourne, right? And then we go, go to Geelong to wrestle. And then, then they're going to say, who's this guy? Oh, this is some guy from freaking, you know, Canada or something. want to join up with us. And he goes, well, does he want to take my part? So yeah. they go hard on you. Yeah. Beating up, not being beating up, but stiffing you and yeah, everything, yeah. all that. Trying yeah. to intimidate you in the way. Because, you know, you're trying to take their job away from them. So that's exactly what I was when I did in America. Yep. So I was tough enough to go through it, and they just they respect you for that. The usual thing, when you play football, you play footy and everything's the same. Yep. But the, the, what I brought back from, um, from, um, from the Malankos, I used to Malanko training principle. We do a lot of chain wrestling. So we do a lot of stuff. So all the stuff is, you know, like chain wrestling all to the high spot, and I don't know, you probably know your wrestling anyway. Yeah, the psychology of the moves and stuff like that. Yeah. Everything's yeah. got to make sense. Yeah, everything makes sense, and you tell a story. So you're going to build, build mm-hmm. something up. And, uh, you know, every match lasts 15 minutes. Bang, that's it. Get in and out. You're going to build it up. You're going to build the crowd up. So every time I have my show, the crowd's always on their feet. And they're just like, oh, bang, bang. You do some false finish where the, when you're young, you watch wrestling, they're going to cover, cover one, two, three. Oh, you missed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to – all wrestling is is you and your opponent know what's happening. Yeah. And you're going to – you tell a story. You're going to say, okay, that's what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. You're going you're gonna to act that story – Instead of telling the people what you're doing, what you're going to act it out. So you want to get the people the excitement to tell the story, and they follow that story with you. And when you win, they're just so excited. If the baddie, big baddie wins, you're like, oh, they're so disappointing. They say, don't worry, we're going to do it again next week. And they go, I want to get... You know what I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 
if you if you really understand if you know the principle of wrestling, well, you magic. The thing with the wrestlers here is, first match they come and they use every move in the book. You're like what the freaking hell? You know, somebody do okay. I'm gonna chop you in the corner. Dang it! The next guy, I'm gonna chop you in the corner. If you are a paying customer, you're gonna go. What the freaking hell, man? This is again yeah. more choppy. Yeah. And the first one was actually better chop than the second team, the second guy they wrestle, the third and the fourth and the fifth. You know what I mean? The stuff like that. That yeah. once you understand that, it's going to be good. Falcon, it's been great having you on our little podcast, mate. We thank you so much for uh, for giving us your time and, and giving us your thoughts about what's happening in the world of wrestling and uh, and your career, mate. Look forward to catching up with you shortly. And uh, once again, thanks for coming on board. Uh, listen, mate. Uh, any boys in Melbourne to come down and wrestle uh, my wrestling school, VCW Vulcan Championship Wrestling. Uh, we we want to get some talents from interstate, and I really want to push Australian wrestling. And I'm going to be announcing a big, 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 big thing happening soon. Uh, boys and I spoke about it a little bit, and uh, it's coming up soon. So uh, anyone from I know you've got freaking two and a half million people listening to this podcast. And, and, we do, and you're right. And we do have a lot of people oh, who are listening up in Sydney too. So give them some information about where they need to go, what they need to do to get along oh, to the Vulcan just, Championship. Mate, go, go on the website, man. Right. We'll, we'll send it out. Or Club Vulcan, Club Vulcan Wrestling. Just go there, man. Check it out. If I, I really want some interstate talent to come up and do some uh, show of here because, uh, yeah, it's going to be big stuff happening soon. All right. Leave that with us, mate. We'll get people involved. Don't worry. Thanks for your time, buddy. We'll talk soon. Voice, you are the man. Uh, John John Farnham? No, Anthony Mundine, you're a lying bastard. The voice is the man. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Good night, mate. Talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. That was Vulcan joining us here on The Turnbuckle. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Way Jose, get out of here. There's our entrance music for the second part of the show here tonight. It is on the turnbuckle on www.mypodcasthouse.com. Boys, what a fantastic chat to Vulcan. Yeah, it's amazing to have Vulcan on. Uh, just such a blast from the past. Yeah, he is. Uh, Fortunately for me, a good mate of mine. I've kept in touch with him ever since the old gladiator days and just a, a ripper bloke. Well, not and- fortunately for him. <laughs> Come on. Boom. <laughs> All right, let's have a look at what's been happening in the world of wrestling, boys. I'll hand it over to you. All right, I just want to, what we want to first go on is uh, who does everyone think the future of the WWE is? I've got a couple up my sleeve. Well, you we go first. Do. You go first. Yeah, all right. I'll uh, take it. Just uh, watching NXT last week, pretty sure we all would have seen the segment between Ricochet and the Velveteen Dream. Well, I would have preferred Ricochet get repackaged as Rick O'Shea, like Vince likes to do, but... Are we, that, that, we can't all get what we want. We can make a shirt like that, though. That'll be right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think the future of WWE looks great. Just that segment alone, I think in the last month, that's probably one of the best WWE segments on TV or the network, if you want. Come on. Roman Reigns is the future of WWE, isn't it? Uh, well, 
<laughs> yes, Vince. <laughs> no, I think the the Velveteen. He's got he's got he's got the whole package. He uh, he he can he can wrestle. Obviously, uh, he's got the the personality and the character. From what I'm hearing, he's living the gimmick as well, which is another positive. I That's think. What I hear, yep. yeah. I think uh, it'd be good, uh, hopefully now, WWE, give respect to that gimmick. And um, we know that um, sometimes the WWE aren't uh, that culturally sensitive, perhaps, or uh, very, uh, uh, you know, they go for the easy option with that, um, you know, um, I guess Goldust maybe was the yeah. best they've they've attempted and at times was really a cool character, but... Uh, I think they've got to uh, maintain that integrity of character that uh, NXT does. So they t- they talk about taking Bob the Builder and Thomas the Tank Engine books off the shelves because they have no gender specification. But what that, was that Goldust? Was, that was a myth, though. No, but what was Goldust? It was he was Goldust was androgynous. He was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, although Dustin Runnels didn't know what androgynous meant when they pitched <laughs> it to him, he had to go look it up because he's a tobacco chewing redneck. But yeah, look, I I think the dreams. Brilliant. I, I think uh, Patrick Clark's done a really good job with that. I think that if he's treated properly, he could be the guy. He's about 6'2", I think. Yeah, he's he- tall. Ricochet's probably the best, one of the best workers in WWE. I just yeah. don't know that Vince will go with Ricochet. I think, and even someone even smaller, for me, Johnny Gargano is the best wrestler oh, on form in the WWE. I think his character works the best. And I think that his ability to draw sympathy as a babyface fighting from underneath is the best. So for me, it's Gargano, um, but I like I love the dream as well. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, there's they're, they're, they're definitely not short of options because uh, Adam Cole could easily be the guy. Oh, definitely, he's got a he's got a good following. Even though he's he's a heel now, he's still um, yeah, he's got all the all the technical stuff down pat as well. But yeah, just touching on the dream, hopefully. If he does, you know, get the call up to Raw or SmackDown, he's in on the creative because I yeah. think he'll know his character better than anyone, obviously. Yep. And I think I hope- SmackDown's the show for him, and I yep. think that Triple H needs to make sure he protects him from creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Triple H obviously is in on the character, uh, and with him living the gimmick, I think that it shouldn't be an issue. But he's only twenty-one years old, so. It's going to take a lot of self-confidence to stand up for your character at 21. Yeah. Oh, hopefully they, they don't bring him up too early. You know, just hold him back. Let him... You can have another year or let two. Let him grow. That's fine. All right. Good work, boys. Uh, Brent, tell us about the uh, PCW show, the, the tribute show last week. Yeah, so uh, tr- PCW, unfortunately, a uh, former performer for PCW, Fury, uh, he lost his life uh, recently. Um there's no real way to gloss around it. He took his own life, obviously some mental health issues, which is something that uh, wrestling hasn't been great at dealing with in the past. But they did a beautiful tribute show. Uh, they did the 10-bell salute. Um, I don't know that the, the, it meant a lot to the performers out that out at PCW. And I think wrestling is doing a, a better job with it than it used to. I know that Mauro Ranallo has got a documentary that's just been released on showtime i think uh he he lives with bipolar disorder so he's got a really personal documentary out called bipolar rock and roller which he did an interview on sam roberts wrestling podcast recently i'd advise everyone to check that out where he he spoke really candidly about the documentary and about his experiences and if that can help people um and mean that 
you know, people are not are asking for help when they're when they're feeling a little bit crap, um, it can only be a good thing. Yeah, if we break down the stigmatization of it all, you know, get the conversation out in the open uh, is always better. I know Showtime do have a seven day free trial. If anyone does want to watch that documentary, it's confronting, but it's uh, very well worth the watch. Yeah, for sure. If the mental health, especially, I think, well, not maybe especially, but it could be very hard as uh, for a guy to really come in and be emotional like that. I know in the NBA, a couple of um, players have really led that line too, and just having those people that, yeah, break down that barrier and break down the stigma. It's really great. Yeah, and, few, and, and uh, let's not forget the wrestler Fury from PCW was a great worker as well. Um, had you know some really good matches, a heavy hitter. Everything that um, everything that that we like about wrestling, the hard hitting and the realism that that was, that was his forte. Every sport goes through it, and uh, it's always sad when it happens. But wrestling would seem to be a show or a sport that suffers it probably a little bit more than most. And it's I would think it's just due to the highs and lows of the actual business itself. One minute you can be the absolute best, and then all of a sudden things can turn around very very quickly, and you can be wrestling in front of 40,000 people at Madison Square Garden and then next year wrestling in front of 200 people at a local show in Indiana. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously the movie The Wrestler shone a light on mm. it. That was very realistic, that yeah. movie. Uh, Beyond the Beyond the Mat, the documentary, I think I've watched that about 20 times. That's yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's really good as well. And uh, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, which is on Netflix. Yeah, that... Um, that was... I mean, they're all really confronting, but they they all shine a light and show you... What these guys go through for our entertainment, their bodies get broken. The money's not great a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so you just got to have full respect for what for what they put their bodies through. Uh, I, do, I, I really hate it, and I know we don't want to talk about. You know, when people are out there saying, "Oh, you know, wrestling it's not real" and all that sort of stuff, you've just, these these are real people who are doing real stunts inside a ring and when you do stunts things go wrong and things I've seen many I've been involved in wrestling long enough to see people break their legs mm. and break their arms and just things happen and yeah, it, yeah it's yeah be really you, careful then, in the way you, that we then you're we not talk getting about paid it. you're not getting in front of the crowd for a while yeah and that's that's where these things can sort of manifest a little bit and as you mentioned every sport does like every sports person even yeah. at a local level once they stop playing sport you're just finding something to, fill, well, something to fill yeah. that time as yeah. well. Um, it's really difficult. I suppose it goes to the next question that we want to talk about, boys, is wrestling crowds being the biggest heels. They can turn on you so quickly, can't they? Uh, I mean, this is this is my thing. Like I, I know that when you pay your money to go see the wrestling, mm. you're allowed to shout and cheer and scream and things like that. But things like the what chant in the WWE, yeah, they really ruin the experience for me. <laughs> and like, if I really wanted to hear... From you, I wouldn't be paying my twenty yeah. bucks to sit at a wrestling show or seventy bucks to sit at a WWE show. I'll be paying thirty cents and getting you to pour me that soft serve cone at McDonald's, mate. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> and I think it, it, it started off with the more opinionated crowds and the more um, you know um, seem to be more educated um, audiences kind of had their voice, and then it became a bit of a culture of get yourself of over. And yeah, that's right, fans. Feeling like they were they're a bigger part of the show than unfortunately uh, they are, and it really sucks. It really takes away that. Um, we'll talk about that reality of it. It really yeah. takes that away. It's like watching a TV show and and knowing you know being um, suspend you know reality. All right. Yeah, um, I just want to touch on you know earlier in the year I was at a BCW 
event. It's been on social media in the last couple of weeks. It was this week, I think, was it? Yeah, one of their most recent ones. I wasn't there, but, you know, a lot of sexist comments being yelled towards the women. And a little bit frustrating because it should have been a banner night for the women. Yeah. Being their first championship, uh, being crowned. And, you know, had had some really good wrestlers on the card. Eva Lee's, Summer Ray, which has a name. She didn't really wrestle. No, she didn't wrestle. A bit of a bait and switch there. But earlier on in the year, they had a Lucha Underground, uh, Lucha Down Under, sorry, a BCW show, and they brought out a few Mexican wrestlers. And some of the stuff the crowd was chanting there, like, I almost don't want to say it. We we need to talk about it. You can say it. Say it. Uh, They were chanting to build a wall. And that was cringe. I was there with a mate, and we contemplated standing up and walking out. But to uh, the rest of the crowd's credit, you, you're uh, yeah, we this basically basically policed ourselves and shut that part of the crowd down really quick, yeah. which was good. Um, but but yeah, to build a wall is in reference to Donald, Donald Trump. Trump and okay. Mexican rest, and yeah. and these guys are superstars. You know, yeah. maybe people in the crowd didn't actually know who they were. But you know, these guys well, have been BC, on BCW yeah. gets the name Bogan Championship Wrestling, doesn't? <laughs> um, but. You you mentioned the the la- the female wrestlers earlier, the ladies. The um, it's about a safe working environment as well, yeah, and that definitely. goes all the way to the top. If you see on Twitter and Instagram any of the comments on posts from the female superstars in the WWE, they they can be abhorrent at times. Yeah. Um, hey, you see now, I'm, I'm totally against that, and I'm probably a weird one here because I'm totally against people posting uh, infuriating comments or you know uh, comments you know. Go Trolling. against it exactly. Go against everything, but I think if you go to the wrestling, I think you're totally entitled to be a part of the show. If you've paid your money to walk in, to the extent that I think a lot of wrestlers actually feed off the energy of the crowd. Yeah, but you wouldn't ruin, want to, you wouldn't want to lose ruin, that. But don't ruin the show. Like, don't make it like. I mean, the worst chant you'll ever hear a wrestling crowd chant is "We are awesome." No, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> you're not. No you're a bloke who's you. paid for a ticket. Like, <laughs> if you could, was you awesome scraping twenty bucks together? I don't know. Finally, the rock has come. That's what you want. That's what you want. You want this. Yeah. Hang on. Here we go. Nikki, 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 <laughs> here it comes. Just for you, Walsh. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what I think you were trying to say is, finally, Stone Cold has come. Oh, we were going to get to the what part. <laughs> I think part of the crowd thing, too, is that it, it started off with a bit of boredom, too. Like, when you're getting, Roman, when you're getting things forced down your throat, um, it's a bit like being at a quiet game or a boring game of soccer or whatever it is and you get those bad things happening in the crowd i i think that's that's part of it so if the crowd aren't feeling like they're being heard or the audience feel like they're not being heard they're they're gonna it's gonna mutate into taking over the show Jeez, imagine what next year's backlash is gonna be like then (laughs) speaking of boring parts of the show though um today's show uh, the the whole feud really between Sami Zayn and bobby lashley like Today, I mean, Sammy- are we, we talking about today's show? Because I actually watched today's show, but I actually watched last week's show and didn't realise till halfway through. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you said because you're an imbecile. <laughs> <laughs> he said a text there, and I was like, "Is this a joke?" Or well, is I knew it was serious. serious. But I um, 
I then I watched halfway through the show and I'm like, I kept checking on the IQ. It was a today's date. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to why Raw's bad in a minute, in my opinion. But uh, Sami Zayn was doing a really good promo today. Yeah. I thought he was cutting a great right. heel promo. The only problem is he's he's opposite a cardboard cutout, yeah. a smiling cardboard cutout though with great muscles. So he's he's going to get. TV time, as per Vince. That's almost harsh on a cardboard cutout, because sometimes the wind can make the cardboard like do things that are quite interesting well, and amusing. cardboard's not normally three-dimensional, so yeah. see a, a, ripped three, a ripped 3D cardboard cutout is very good. Yeah, I think we could do amazing yeah, things with a cardboard cutout, yeah, 3D honestly. printers these days. No, we do yeah. too, you're right. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's kind of, I don't know, is Sammy going to... Is Bobby going to turn? Is that... Because... Mm. It's it doesn't seem it doesn't appear to be going anywhere. I don't know. I'm finding his um. I was I served in the military and I am kind to my sisters. Gimmick really. It's just a you know fascinating. So I, much depth to that character. I did love I did love Sami Zayn though calling him a liar. Do you even have sisters? Yeah, that, yeah. that was good. Like Sami, you know, Sami Zayn. I feel he can turn mediocrity into good. And good into phenomenal. Yeah. He's uh, turning terrible into mediocre, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he's a bit of a struggle at the minute. But you, you mentioned... You mentioned Raw before. Well, you reckon you know what Yeah, and look, I'm late to the party because I've been a defender <laughs> of the fact that having not having the pay-per-view, uh, not having the universal title on the pay-per-view isn't always necessary. But And, and I, I stand by that Money in the Bank doesn't need the universal title defended. But Raw in the lead-up, yep. it really does need the, the yep. universal title because in the build-up, they, they don't know how to build up to a uh, multi-man match. So all they'll end up doing is either putting them in tags against each other or putting them into matches and then switching opponents next yep. week. And when you've got both shows building to the same multi-man match, SmackDown is clearly the better show at the moment because they've also got the AJ Styles match to build yep. to. Whereas Raw has, seems to be building as if Roman Reigns versus uh, Jinder Mahal is a title match, but it's not. No. So they're not building to anything. And the US title, like they, they should really build towards towards that and make Seth Rollins the, the main attraction of of Raw at the moment, but they're not doing it. And it, so not having Brock there is really affecting... The builder. I, t- I totally agree um, there. You know, um, as the father of uh, KFAB Corner too, I'm really into the WWE rules that, that, that they create for themselves and that having to defend a title once a month. Like, if someone was injured for as long as um, Brock turns up, uh, takes to turn up in between shows... There's rumour he's not defending at the next pay-per-view either. Is Jack Tunney going to come in and sort well, this he's, out? He's passed away. Oh, oh we, we need... To see, so that's... Yeah, sorry, sorry, to, sorry to break that. It, makes it, hard. it, it was hard. It was well, some some well, time ago. Well, Baron Corbin, he could he's the comfortable the now, so well, yeah, You can keep the first syllable, but the rest of it, I'm not <laughs> so sure about. Yeah, he's. Oh man, the personality really is shining through with Baron. Uh, with I don't. Corbin. I mean, let's see where it goes. <laughs> I don't on. like it. I don't mind if you've got the constable. Um, you need him. A, you had an idea, Jason, for who, or Jay, who could be his his uh, deputy. Um, yeah, be Cass. I reckon bundle it all in, just have, package it, and have him stand behind in. Stephanie all the time. Yeah, and, and they could just be the really, um, you know, hateable kind of. All dudes. they care about's the rules. Like, yeah. But then when they wrestle, break the, break the rules. Beautiful, Perfect. hypocritical uh, heels. 
Let's go to Kayfabe Corner. Jay, what do you got for us this week? Kind of coming in from that. Okay, my thing is um, obviously uh, the powers that be in WWE or any uh, wrestling promotion like to get involved and they have their favourites sometimes. So Triple H has been one quite a bit. Um, Where is the line for these people? So if, um, say, Stephanie's in charge and she really doesn't like the title, uh, the, the person that's champion, sort of like getting really angry and all that. Why doesn't she put him into a uh, tornado match? Anything where he's going to lose the match that night. But they just get, they get so angry and they're like, oh, gosh, darn it. If only there was something we could do. You could could do quite a bit. You could could, um, basically ban all their finishing moves in, in one match. You could have them competing in free matches before they take on your favorite. Where you could is put him in a line? Royal Rumble with the title on the line. Oh, you could do so many things, but they get so angry. They've got the power. Where is the line? Why is there a line? Are they a little bit like, yeah, we do want this person as champion, but we don't want to ruin the integrity of the show that much? Mm, discuss. Hmm. What do you think, Lyle? Well, easily, they they just want to. It's not on the format of their show. It's pretty format. Like at the minute, you know, two yep. people argue backstage. Yep. They cut to Kurt Angle on the text message. He sets up a tag team match. Stephanie, she's just got to follow the the show, and it's not written down on the sheet that she could actually use her power to her advantage. Hmm. What would you do though if you were if you were the if you were the heel authority figure? Oh, if I was in charge and I wanted uh, my stable mates. Per se, we could. Yeah. Uh, I if you wanted to, me to win, if I wanted you to win, oh, you'd need to do a lot. Yeah, definitely. You know, I could put the. You know, if you're going for Seth's belt, I'll put Seth in. You know, like Jay said, in probably three matches leading up to that, and then also probably ma- four. Yeah, maybe depends if you had a good protein shake. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, you could make it a two-on-one match. Here's what I'd do: I'd book myself in a three-way match with you, Lyle, me, and Seth Rollins. And then you lie down, I pin you. Yeah, don't, oh, finger poker doom. And, and going on from How that KFAB corner, when, when you're allowed to, um, I'm maybe um, destroying my next KFAB corner, but you know when you win rights to dictate what kind of match you want? Why don't you just make it a match that really, really, really favours you? Like Nakamura just did a last man standing match. Why doesn't he do something like a, I don't know, um, Disqualified if you're Japan if you're not Japanese match or I don't know something that really puts it in well, for AJ. I like, mean, <laughs> he's he's fought in MMA, so make yeah. make it an MMA match. Yeah, make it Shikaza only match. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the only move he could do up against himself. Yeah. He could beat up himself. Yeah, I mean, really, like eliminate anything, eliminate all of AJ Styles' matches. Maybe I need to get out of the KFAB world. Yeah, uh. maybe, uh, and we will get out of it because Lyle. Uh, there's been some a lot of ticket sales this week in the local yeah uh, 10am Monday morning the tickets went on sale for MCW 99 Homecoming with With my favourite wrestler Indy Indy Hartwell throwing out the challenge to Emma Daniel Dashwood Daniel Dashwood obviously the artist formerly known as Emma and we got uh, Will Ospreay you know IPG junior heavyweight champion uh, arguably, arguably one of the best oh, two or great. three wrestlers outside WWE. Yeah, at the definitely, moment. definitely. And uh, he's he'll be over here and New Zealand for a month or two, I think. So he's going to try and cram in as many shows. And I, 
if you can't get a ticket to that... Well, uh, get onto it because within an hour, a third of all tickets wow. to that show were, yeah. were sold out. And I was talking to MCW before we came on air, and they said that it's by probably next week they expect it to be sold out. Jesus, no, that's, that's great. great. Um, so that show is on the 21st at, of at July. July. Yeah, at the Thornbury Theatre, which is, I've said it before, it's the best place to watch independent wrestling. Mm. The crowd is so hot, crammed in there. You know, five, six, seven hundred, hundred people there. Uh, it'll be, it'll it's, be a great. It'll be a hot crowd too. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely. Everyone's pretty keen for this show. I was also um, conversing with Lyle's good friend, Lord Mark Williamson. Oh yes. Oh, jeez, he likes him, doesn't he? Oh. Um, he's gone white. <laughs> yeah, um, isn't that amazing? And Just the mention of his yeah, name. Tickets are selling really well for the first Underworld wrestling Fantastic. show. Jeez, so, I love the promos that are coming out. Oh, if, if, you don't, if you're job. not sure about Underworld, uh, the production values of their oh, of their releases, their videos, their promos, yeah. it's second to none. I, they released their belts this week. Oh, they're beautiful. Um, it's probably the best-looking Australian wrestling belt that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. And I, I'm not exaggerating. They are a thing of beauty. We'll we'll probably tweak them out or and put them up on our yeah, Facebook great idea. page. Obviously, at... On the turnbuckle and add on the turnbuckle Australia for Facebook. All right, guys, uh, that pretty much wraps up the show. A big show coming up next week, though. We have got a really big show next week. Um, obviously, uh, we'll have an announcement for the prize for the Money in the Bank competition Ooh, nice. that will be getting released on our Facebook page most likely this week. I'm waking, waiting for finalisation of that match card before I can actually launch the competition. So you'll have about a week to get your selections in you'll need to be you need to like the facebook page and will there's going to be a really good prize for that competition that gets announced next week fantastic uh we're hoping to have a really big guest in the studio yeah we'll keep that under wraps at the minute but uh mm. yeah we're working on something really really big any guest. clues exciting uh, he was mentioned oh. by Chris Trance as one of the main Australian wrestlers to watch okay. at the moment. Is it as exciting as having me in the studio for the first time? It's I still can't believe that you're here. Oh, wow. Hey, it's Lyle gonna... keeps pinching you actually, to see if you're um, real. I'm a, I'm a bit worried it's going to break the internet. Actually, so no hopefully we'll have an internet tonight. I actually week. know why you're on the phone now for the first couple of weeks. You don't go out that often, do you? I don't. It's really, I'm really struggling right now. <laughs> there. I'm hoping to have a special treat for Lyle next week as well. All right, fantastic. Well, done guys another episode of on the turnbuckle wrapped up we'll catch you next week boys thank you You beautiful stuff Uh, on the turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com we look forward to bringing you another show very shortly